This is Scott Richmond, the director for New York and New Jersey for ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, coming to you from the front lines. ADL is on the front line every day, fighting anti-Semitism and hate, and this new show brings that to you from the WVOX studios in New York. The front line for me for the past few weeks has been the rise in anti-Semitism in the United States and around the world since the start of the conflict in Israel. We not only track this, but my staff and I respond to it in the New York area, and my colleagues do the same around the country. The entity that keeps track of all of this is ADL's Center on Extremism, and with me today is the director of the center, Oren Siegel. Welcome, Oren, too, from the front lines. Thanks very much for having me, Scott. So preliminary data regarding anti-Semitic incidents in the wake of the Israel-Hamas conflict re- uh, revealed a, a shocking uptick. What, what did the numbers show? So the numbers that we uh, pulled together, and this was based on reporting that comes to us through our 25 regional offices, was that after the conflict began, um, so approximately around May 10th, we saw a significant increase um, of incidents in comparison to the two weeks prior before the conflict began. And, and so this is not surprising in the sense that whenever there is a conflict in the Middle East, we see more reporting to us. Um, this was not only a 50% increase, but when you look at the previous year, we saw a 115% increase from the same time frame uh, in 2020. Wow. Would you say that these are some of the highest numbers of anti-Semitic incidents in a single month that ADL has ever recorded? It's a good question. Um, It's not so much that they're the highest in a single month. We've had other high uh, months in the 40-plus years that we've been doing this. But, But certainly when there's a conflict in the Middle East, those numbers tend to go up. What is most concerning, though, is that the number of assaults in comparison to the previous year, um, uh, rose significantly. And so we had about nine assaults reported to us versus zero last May. Uh, wow. Okay, so tell us some examples of anti-Semitic incidents, assaults, or, or harassment. So, for example, um, on May 22nd in Manhattan, a Jewish man wearing a Star of David necklace was punched by a man who allegedly asked him, what is that around your neck? Does that make you an effing Zionist? Um, there are also... Um, viral videos uh, that went around that showed an incident in Los Angeles in which people who were dining um, at a kosher restaurant were attacked by individuals in cars who were carrying both Palestinian flags and saying you should be ashamed of yourself. Wow. You know, uh, we had seen such a, um, a decrease in the number of assaults in 2020 with the pandemic, and it's, it's really sad to see that return. Um so for purposes of this report, what do you consider to be anti-Semitism, given that much of the rhetoric out there was uh, was about Israel? Yeah, so, you know, there were about 400-plus anti-Israel or pro-Palestinian demonstrations and rallies that took place between uh, May 11th and May 31st. So in the over 400 rallies that we saw, most of them were not characterized by anti-Semitism, um, because we do not include mere criticism of Israel to be uh, uh, included in our numbers. However, when we saw placards talking about uh, Zionists control the media, or when there were explicit examples of events being held in front of Jewish institutions, essentially ascribing the actions of a government or the policies of the state of Israel on all Jews, 
that's when we included those in our numbers. Okay. Um, and, uh, well, so that's very interesting that, that most of these incidents did not take place uh, around the rallies. I think many people have that perception that with, with 400 rallies, that, that that's where many took place, especially since some of the, the biggest incidents that took place in New York were connected with the rally. Yeah, I mean, listen, some of them certainly did. And, and sort of looking more broadly, about 40% of the incidents that we uh, have documented um, in that post-conflict period of time, um, you know, uh, alluded to or mentioned uh, the conflict itself. And so, you know, having Zionist pig written on a synagogue or other tropes that um, ascribe uh, blame for what was happening in Gaza on all Jews, I mean, that was part of what is included. But it just doesn't mean that, like, every single one of the 400-plus rallies included inflammatory comments that cross line into anti-Semitism. Okay. And um, uh, so one place that we do see much anti-Semitism is on social media. Does your data capture that? Yeah, and, and, and it's, it's probably one of the spaces that's harder to actually quantify, right, and capture. And yet we know, based on some basic analyses that we did, was that in the days following the start of the conflict, there were approximately 17,000 tweets that mentioned uh, Hitler was right, or variations of that phrase. Um, we got a lot of reports from families who were uh, concerned that on TikTok, right, where a lot of kids are spending a lot of their time, that there were a lot of anti, not only anti-Israel, but anti-Jewish narratives in those spaces. And so again, volume is hard to sort of identify, but anecdotally, and, and frankly, anybody who spends time online would have seen sort of this, this, this massive spike related to the conflict. Right. But just in terms of these numbers, are, are these numbers that the offices are reporting uh, also capturing that, that kind of data? Or is that, um, does that not fit into the, the, the rubric of, of what you're considering uh, anti-Semitic incidents? Yeah, so the answer is sort of yes and no. And so our audit, for example, when we when we capture these incidents, if somebody is specifically targeted online, you know, either by name or their location, um, or they are sort of targeted or victimized for harassment in these online spaces, then we will include those in our data. But much of the um, sort of general anti-Semitism that we see that may not be directed to a specific handle or is just sort of amplified more broadly, that we do not include. Um, you know, otherwise we would have thousands and thousands of pieces. So we're trying to include those that actually um, have specific targets in mind. Right. So the, the tweets that you mentioned before, the 17,000 tweets that uh, were recorded in May saying Hitler was right, that would not be a part of the audit. But obviously, anecdotally, it's very, very disturbing. Yeah, I mean, listen, you can't only look at, you know, on-the-ground incidents as terrible as they are, especially the assault, without accounting for the broader atmosphere and context in which that is happening. A lot of people are getting their narratives, are getting their news, getting their worldview from the online spaces that they spend so much of their time. And so to the degree that we see anti-Semitism exploding online, it's really no surprise that we would then see it also um, narrative-wise, happening on the ground as well. And how do you monitor what's going on online? So 
So, you know, we have a team of investigators and analysts who are often in the spaces in which much of the extremism and, and hatred, including anti-Semitism, exists. And so part of this is, you know, through some tools that help aggregate a general sense of sort of trending topics, et cetera. Um, a lot of this is through the reporting that we do get that is still relevant, whether or not it's specific or not. And so we use all available sources to understand what's happening online. But I will tell you this, for everything that we are able to document and gather, we know that there's so much more that we're not seeing because the online space is just so vast. Okay, but, you know, the, the issue of underreporting is, uh, is obviously important, but this data shows trends, important trends. Yeah, I mean, listen, anti-Semitism is the type of hatred that will always morph into the topic of the day. So when it comes to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, especially when there is conflict on the ground, we see a lot of those narratives um, using the tropes um, or, or in response to what is happening on the ground. When that's not happening, anti-Semites will find different ways. And so anti-Semitism is always there. It's just a matter of how much it's being leveraged and who's doing that leveraging. Okay, and if uh, if the listeners want to find out more details about the uh, the data that you're speaking about, where can they find that? Sure, so whether it's uh, anti-Semitic incidents at protests, whether it's our broader data of incidents that have been reported to us, or even our online analyses uh, that provide additional flavor uh, to this rise in anti-Semitism, um, ADL.org, uh, our website, um, there's a landing page actually on the front of the page that will bring people to all those resources as well as others uh, and other elements of our response during this time. Okay, and also the uh, the heat map that ADL has will, will uh, show them where these are taking place. So the heat map uh, has various different extremist and hate data sets, and that includes our anti-Semitic incidents. We update that about once a month. So at some point this month, we will have the latest data for May, and people will be able to see some of the preliminary data on anti-Semitic incidents um, on that resource as well. And that's uh, adl.org backslash heat map. Okay, and give us a, a little bit of a sneak preview because we're, we're now several weeks beyond the ceasefire. Uh, so do you see the pace that we saw in May? Do you see that pace starting to decrease with the absence of active fighting? So we have seen a slight decrease, yes. Um, and, and again, many of these incidents are reported to us and take a little time for our regional offices, as you know, uh, to verify to um, sort of assess and, and help with community response. And so while these are preliminary and, and may change by the time we put out our annual audit, um, you know, we have seen at least 251 incidents from May 11th um, through the end of that month. Okay. Well, hopefully we will see the number of anti-Semitic incidents uh, continue to drop and, and much more quickly. Uh, Oren, thank you so much for this important work and the important work of ADL Center on Extremism and for being on today's show to describe the recent rise in anti-Semitism. Take care, Scott. And to the listeners, thanks for tuning in to From the Frontlines, either live on WVOX 1460 AM or as a podcast. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify to ensure that you do not miss a show. Just search for From the Frontlines.